Hey there, I'm Ashley, and I'm a proud mama of two beautiful kiddos, a wife, a health and wellness coach, and a middle and high school shop teacher. Hi, I'm Roberta, mama, wife, educator. I am an entrepreneur and homeschool mom navigating the work-family-social-life balance. Together, we will discuss various topics near and dear to our hearts, like routines, health, habits, self-care, and so much more. We think that living a healthy lifestyle is for every member in the family, from young children to adults. Everyone in the household will benefit from the Teacher Mamas podcast. If you're ready to learn some helpful tips for the whole family, let's do this thing. Hello, hello. I am very excited for this episode. I am flying solo today because uh, my podcast partner, Roberta, is in South Dakota for some Christmas, family Christmas stuff. So um, they don't have internet really where they are. So she was like, you know what, just go ahead and do this one solo. So uh, we just decided to randomly throw into our seasonal episodes here she really liked my idea of the bell ringer that I do. So we, I say we, because I'm just used to saying we, (laughs) I'm going to talk about um, the bell ringer that I do with my students in class, why I have decided to do my bell ringer this way, um, and why it's been successful these last couple of years, um, like through our COVID season and stuff. So a little backstory. Those of you that are teachers already know that uh, we have to do a certain amount of like teacher professional development hours each year or every, in Minnesota, it's every five years. Um, You have to have accumulated so many hours in certain areas. And um, (laughs) sorry, that's my cat. We put some jingle bell collars on them and (laughs) he's hanging out in here with me today. So if you heard a jingle, that was him. The first training that I did at the school that I'm at now was actually, or no, maybe it was the second year I was there. Uh, (laughs) For those of you that don't know, sometimes our trainings are really great and sometimes they are mm, not so great. So I always train, keep an open mind. Um, I always want to learn stuff when I'm at these trainings because it's, you know, taking up a lot of our time. So this first, the second year that I was at Hinkley, uh, we did this training and it was called Love and Logic. And I looked at the schedule and saw that on there and was like, love and logic. Um, It got me a little concerned because I was like, why? is there love in the title of one of our professional development trainings? And so I actually, I was like, so concerned that I went to my principal and I was like, what is this? Like, are we going to be doing touchy feely stuff? Like, are they going to be telling us like, we need to be um, like, you know, all hands-on and like touchy-feely because like I'm not okay with that and he was like no 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 it's it's nothing like that I think you'll be surprised and you'll like it and I was like okay all right I'll take your word for it I'll come in with an open mind it was actually one of the best trainings I have ever done um the the training was about taking the responsibility off of you as the teacher and putting it on the kids because so often we're like oh we need to provide this and this and this and this for the kids and 
oh my gosh, if they're not successful, it's the end of the world and, and blah, blah, blah. And of course we wanna try all these different things with students to help them be successful. But then often when we've done that and then the student is still not successful, we take it on as like our own failure and that's not okay. <laughs> so um, a lot of this training was talking about giving kids choices and uh, just a lot of things that are empowering for kids, but then also take the load off of us as the teacher. And it was one of the best trainings I've ever been to. Uh, I've asked for them to come back every year because, you know, we've had a lot of new teachers and I just think it would be really beneficial for everyone to do this. And so the biggest thing I took away from this training was offering choices. And you may be hearing that and you're like, well, yeah, duh. But there's so much to learn as a teacher. And maybe that is something you learned in college. Maybe it isn't. Uh, maybe it's something that has kind of like bypassed your teaching because maybe so many other issues have come up that you haven't even thought of that as such a simple option. And it's something that I've taken into parenthood as well. So offering choices. Um, and, you know, we at first, when us teachers, while we were in the training, we heard that we were like, well, what do you mean by offering choices? Like you can do this assignment or you could do nothing, <laughs> you know? So um, we were kind of skeptical and no, what they, what they talked to us about was, you know, offering choices that are feasible for them to choose from uh, something that would interest them, something that would okay, maybe they don't like this choice, but this choice would be okay. And whatever you're offering has to be okay with you too. Like you don't want to offer something that is going to create a thousand times more work for you. For example, maybe you're teaching a topic and you have a worksheet that you normally do with the kids and you've found lately that this worksheet is a little bit too challenging or too difficult or kids are just not getting it. So maybe instead of only offering the one worksheet, there could be like a second option that they could choose from that is equally as challenging, uh, makes them think, but it is in like a different format or something. So offering choices like that. Now, sometimes at home, you know, with my kids, it's like, well, you can eat this dinner or you eat nothing at all, right? <laughs> like The second option is, not any more work for me, uh, but, you know, obviously they're probably more than likely going to pick food because they're hungry. And if they're not hungry, well, then they might pick not eating food. And then the other option is, well, when you get hungry later, you will be eating this food, right? So just like offering choices that kids can easily choose from and are not any harder for you to offer. So it's win-win for everybody because you give the students a little bit of that like empowering feeling like I got to choose something, but it's not like they 100% chose it. So they're totally in charge, right? Because you're still the teacher, you're still the parent, you are still in charge, uh, but you are giving them just that little bit of choice that gives them that empowerment, that feeling of Hmm, I actually took charge of something that feels kind of good. 
uh, instead of always being told what to do, right? Like we don't always want to be told what to do. Yes, there are some times in the classroom where you can offer choices or at home when you can offer choices. Uh, but during those times that you can, it is helpful. All right. So that is the first training that we did that was super helpful for me. The other training that we did was last year and the beginning of this year. And I think they might be coming back one more time. Uh, so this one was trauma informed schools. They talked a lot about like the same kind of stuff. And again, they talked about offering choices, which is just so important. And we've talked a lot about self-care, uh, trauma, which actually affects this statistic may be wrong, but I think it is 80% of our kids in school have experienced some sort of trauma. And this doesn't have to mean like they were um, in an abusive situation or something like that. That's not what trauma has to mean. Uh, trauma can be anything to anyone that puts you in a heightened state of emotion and is triggering in some way. So I think, like I said, please don't quote me on this. I could be wrong on this. And if I figure out what the actual statistic is after this recording, I will go in and fix it in the show notes. But I am fairly positive it was 80% of our students experience some sort of trauma um, before they leave school. So what this training was focusing on was just using tactics in the classroom, super easy, um, but like tactics in the classroom that will get kids back focused on your class so that you can teach. Because if your students are in a heightened state of emotion, they're not learning anything. Mm, say the fire alarm goes off, right? That just kind of got everybody all hyped up. <laughs> and if you try and come back from a fire alarm or code blue or code red uh, drill or something and you try to like jump right into teaching chances are you're not really teaching a whole lot to most of the kids in there because they are still so wound up that they just can't focus so um what he talked about a lot was just doing classroom like whole classroom not picking out the students with trauma because as a teacher Maybe you have an idea of some of the kids that have gone through really traumatic experiences, but you have no idea of knowing every single kid that has gone through a traumatic experience. And they probably don't even know that they've been through a traumatic experience uh, unless they've been getting like therapy for it or whatever. So um, he really focused on a lot of um, in classroom things that you can do easy like if you are a teacher who likes to tell jokes, bringing it back in with a couple of jokes or uh, letting the kids tell jokes as long as you trust them to do that and that they're going to be appropriate. <laughs> um, let's see, using like a sensory table. So something I've always wanted to do in my room, but the last couple of years I haven't been able to because of like COVID stuff and kids touching everything um, is... <laughs> So I brought my kids on a field trip one day and we went to a tech college and they were playing in the sandbox that uh, shows like the contours of the land outlay, like, like, you know, land surveyors and stuff. So 
there's there was a sandbox and as you move the sand around it changes colors depending on how high or how low the contours are of it and so <clears throat> as as they were playing with it I was like oh my gosh this is the quietest they've ever heard my kids before <laughs> so I was like I need to start incorporating this with sawdust in my classroom because then after that and then after going through this trauma training um this was one of the things in the trauma training was having like a sandbox or um, I've noticed that when I'm going through safety with the kids, they like to sit there and play with the sawdust and they are quiet. They are paying attention, even though it may not look like they are, but I know that they are because when we're done with the test, they aced it, right? Like this is just, it's a sensory thing. So I've always wanted to get like sawdust boxes at my benches where the kids can play with and um, just kind of like keep them quiet. <laughs> I don't know why they just love playing with the sada. So su super simple stuff like that. And I mean, there was pages and pages of this. So again, offering choices, right? Uh, going back to that choice thing. So what brought about this bell ringer that I came up with? It's super simple, but um, the reason I did it is because, you know, I've been so into these practices that we've been talking about, like journaling and meditating and like drawing could be one of them um that i was like well you know after we get out of the hallway bell ringers are important because kids get all hyped up in the hallway we need to get them refocused when they enter the classroom we have a all school program that we do i'm not gonna name the name of it it is very cheesy and we are actually dropping it after this year praise jesus um but what it is is a series of videos that the kids watch every day during homeroom and they are the cheesiest videos I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, it is an all school thing and so all of them are watching it and I love the message that they're trying to give but like especially my kids in shop they do not relate to the kids in these videos. They are the cheesiest videos I have ever seen in my life. Like I get cringed out when I watch them. So <laughs> this is where I got this from because I was like, okay, they probably aren't getting what they need to from the videos, but I think what they're giving them in the videos is very important. Uh, so my bell ringer consists of choices. Imagine that choices, right? <laughs> And I do this for all of my classes up until the point when we start working, which when we start working, then they just start getting their stuff out like right away when we get in there. That's kind of their bell ringer as I'm taking attendance. So what I have them do, I have this projected on my board, uh, on, on the whiteboard when they come in. And they just know when they come in, they need a half sheet of paper and a pencil to fill this out. So they have choices. Um, they have a question from me and this could range anywhere from like what's something fun you did over the weekend to what is a safety rule that you remember from the drill press the other day when we talked about it uh, number two is they could do some quiet stretches so i threw this one in here because i know i have lots of kids in my class that are like add adhd um are like you know the hyperact hyperactive kids that just need to be moving constantly and so I put that in there. 
Number three is journal or draw about anything because I know I have a lot of like quiet introverted kids in my classes who love drawing and sketching or journaling anything. And I don't give them a journaling prompt. I just, um, actually most of them haven't off, uh, taken that choice. Maybe if I did give them a journaling prompt, they would do that. But I guess kind of like the question that I asked them in number one is sort of like a journaling prompt. Uh, so, but I do get a lot of kids that draw and sketch stuff. And it is funny to see what they come up with because I don't, usually see that side of them because I'm the shop teacher. <laughs> so it is fun to see what they come up with for sketches. And they <laughs> will oftentimes like come up and just show me like, hey, look at what I drew today. <laughs> and these are seventh through 12th graders and they all love it. So it's just funny. Uh, so it gets you to know like a little different side of them. And number four is my favorite write down two things you are grateful for. And I'm actually going to come back to that one because that's how I'm going to end the episode. And number five is just sit quietly and chill. So that's kind of like my way of telling them to be quiet and like meditate and think about things <laughs> without telling them to meditate. Because, you know, if you tell a seventh grader or a 12th grader to meditate, they're going to look at me like I am flat out crazy. Um, and then sometimes I have them when they're all done with that, they turn it in every day, but when they're all done, I have at the bottom to check their grades. So going back to number four, because I know we've talked about gratitude a lot, but this is my favorite one. And I actually, I was, when I put this one in here, I was kind of skeptical of it because I was like, no way are my seventh through 12th grade grade kids going to choose this one. I was like, they're going to think that it's cheesy. And especially like, I think of my, like, you know, quote unquote, macho boys in the shop class. And um, they're actually the ones who have written quite a few things on this subject. So it's just kind of, it's, Again, it, it brings out that side of the kids that you don't see. So it's super fun to read through them. And I have actually kept all of mine from the beginning of this school year. And uh, I just kind of wanted to read a few to you guys now, because this is something that's super simple that you can do with any age group. Um, and it's something simple that you can do with your kids at home too. I know we've talked about before how we do our gratitude practices uh, with our kids, and I will link that episode in the bottom of the show notes, but uh, this is just, it's fun because again, I see this side of the kids that I normally would not see. So I tell them, try and be specific, but of course, you know, they're middle and high schoolers. So sometimes you just get the blah answers. So I just kind of separated a few of them out, but you know, I've seen the, the things like I'm thankful for TV, my phone, internet, video games, clothes, shoes, food, my tractor, um, a house. I've gotten a lot of like roof over my head, which is very cute because for a seventh through 12th grader to think about that, I think is really cool. Um, and then you may be thinking like, oh, clothes, shoes, food. Well, you know, 
most kids have that, right? Well, if you live in a more like upstanding community, yes, sure. Uh, we live in a more low income. So we maybe do have kids coming to school without the right winter clothes on, or maybe they don't have boots. Um, and we do have a lot of homeless people in our area. Uh, so what usually what happens sometimes is they will like tent it out uh, during the warmer months. So from uh, spring to fall, they'll tent it out so that they can save up money so that they can actually afford a house in the wintertime with electricity and water and that kind of stuff. So, um, and they see that, they see that there are some kids that go without. And so that's really cool that they can say that they're thankful for that stuff. We also get like the people and the pets. So like, I'm thankful for my family, my friends, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad. I had one say his second family, which was super cute. Um, dogs, cats. One of the girls said her boyfriend. And then random um, I had a couple save my life and I thought that was super sweet. Uh, there was one with the sun so that maybe that was a day where we had a, a stint of like bad weather and dreary blah weather. And so I thought that was really cool too. School. Uh, I saw, I've seen quite a few of these, which is good to see because we can get kind of discouraged as teachers sometimes in the classroom because it seems like they don't want to be there. <laughs> and so having them write down, I am grateful for school is awesome. And I think a lot of them are so, so grateful for school right now that we haven't been in distance learning like last year. We did have a couple days this year uh, where we were short on staff. So we weren't able to staff the school. We did end up going to distance learning, but for the most part, we have been in person the whole year, which has been nice. Um, some kids say they're thankful for hunting, which is awesome. Love it when the kids get outdoors. Uh, having all A's and good grades I've seen. <laughs> and then you get the kids who are just done at the end of the day and they're like thankful that this is the last day of the week and the last hour of the day. I've been there too, <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> uh, thankful for being in welding and for being blessed. How cute is that? <laughs> and I have a couple of them. Um, some very specific ones that I just wanted to read to you also. Uh, I am thankful for being able to come to school and have a great education. It's really, really cool. I am thankful for all the staff and teachers being so kind. <laughs> I'm thankful, this one made me laugh, I'm thankful for Takis because they taste good. <laughs> and I'm thankful for my dad because he provides food and shelter. Super sweet. I'm grateful for my friends and how I can feel comfortable going to talk to them about anything. I'm grateful for a roof over my head and that I'm not homeless. So I'm not outside when it's cold, rainy, snowy, and that I can be comfy in my own home. Super specific. That was from an eighth grader. Um, I'm thankful for my family and them always being here when I need someone the most. And I'm thankful for starting to build the confidence to stick up for myself so people know I'm not easy to say stuff to anymore. 
And this student is also an eighth grader and I've known her and her whole family for a long time now. And um, she is a very uh, quiet one. And so I think she's had some troubles with people being kind of rude to her in the past, being a little bit bullied maybe. And so she's been getting some help for that, which is awesome. So the, her recognizing that is really, really cool. Uh, thankful for going to the cities. We're kind of in the rural area. So for our kids, it's actually really, really, um, it's not normal for them to get outside of town. So that's kind of, that's fun. Uh, I might go to grandpa's and hang out with my cousin. I'm uh, grateful for free food at school. This year we've had all of our lunches and uh, breakfast paid for. So the kids don't have to pay. So that's been great for them, especially in our low income community. I'm grateful. <laughs> this one was a little interesting. I'm grateful for getting to school without dying. Uh, <laughs> this could have been one of those really uh, not great driving days is what I was thinking because that was a first hour student. <laughs> uh, thankful for having a good day and talking to a lot of people. That that one was really cool because um, that is a student who I know is really quiet and he has started to make a couple of more friends in class so that was fun to see. I'm grateful I can play sports uh, grateful I can come to class every day and work hard in class and that I have a volleyball game today. So these are just fun, especially because um, I'll just let you know, like I had a terrible day on Friday. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, it is Sunday today on the day of recording and I was actually able to leave it at school, which was pretty good because in the past, I have not been able to do that. Um, well, not I, I'm not 100% went to that school. Like I, I did come home and talk about it, and that helped a lot. But it's not often that I have a bad day, and so I actually texted Roberta too, and she was like, "That is weird that you had a bad day because it doesn't happen very often." It was just, it was like one thing on top of another. I think the kids are getting very anxious about winter break, and um, I brought these home with me. These gratitudes and I kind of like sifted through them. Um, I chatted it out with my husband and felt a lot better. And then I kind of read through these and just putting myself in that frame of gratitude mindset really helped me stop thinking about the negative because that's what happened. It was one thing after another on Friday. I had no time to like sit down and decompress because my classes are back to back to back to back. And I was doing my best to compose myself in class, which I did a pretty good job, uh, especially with all the things that were happening. Uh, and then, you know, I, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, it was like, boom, huge weight on my shoulders, on my chest that I wasn't able to process right away. And so this was one of the things that really helped me move out of that thinking about all the negative, all the negative things that happened. This happened, this happened, this student did this, this student did this. Oh my goodness, I had to send this kid out of my room and send this kid out of the, and you guys, I hardly ever write kids up and I hardly ever kids send kids out of my room. Um, so, I mean, Friday was just, I don't know if it was a full moon or what, but it was one thing after another. And this gratitude practice really, really helped 
And so I just want you guys to think about that the next time you're having a bad day. I don't expect you to move out of it right away, of course. But I mean, once you're through it and you have a little bit of time to sit down, decompress and stop thinking about all the negative things and start thinking about some of the positive things that came out of the day, it really will help. I promise. I promise. And even if it's not 100%, like it doesn't help 100%, it will start to help. Maybe you need to do some other things too. Like I talked it out with my husband. I talked it out with Roberta. I I did something else too. I can't remember what I did, but I did do something else and all that helped. So I hope you can find your combination of things that you need to do to move through stressful situations, bad days. And I promise you focusing on gratitude will help. I hope this episode was interesting. Um, Let me know if you want to hear more like teacher tips and stuff like that. But yeah, so I hope you guys all have a fabulous Christmas Eve tomorrow. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe it is here. I am very excited. Um, This is a very special time of year and I hope that you're all able to make it your kind of special. Thanks for hanging with me today. We want to thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us chat about healthy family living. We would love to hear your thoughts or any ideas you have for future episodes. So feel free to message us at the teacher mamas podcast at gmail.com or the teacher mamas podcast on Instagram. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave a quick rating or review on whatever platform you're listening from. If something really stood out to you today, Don't forget to share it with someone else in your life that might need to hear it too. Spread the word. Please don't forget to share with your online community and tag us. For more positivity and inspiration on how we navigate life and the things we do on a daily basis to stay sane in the crazy, don't forget to go follow each of us on Instagram. Check the show notes for our handles. 